Hey, Life Canton, Roger here, uh, Director of Student and Young Adult Ministry. So glad that you are joining us today. Whether it's your first listener, your returning listener, welcome. If you are a new listener, though, be sure to like, subscribe, all that stuff so you can hear more of our podcasts, uh, messages, other things that we put out. Uh, but also, do not forget that this is a community where God is on the move in so many ways. Um, in the community uh, around us, in our church community, just up to so much. And if you want to participate in that, there's a lot of ways to do that. But one day, way is by giving. Um, you can give it our Life Church can forward slash give page uh, to give financially to the mission of this church and what God is up to. But this week we are in a new series. We just finished our Imago Day series, which was fantastic. We love doing that. Be sure to give that a listen. It's so important, not only to our church, but what we believe is important for everyone to understand about themselves. So give that a listen. But uh, today, Pastor Nathan's going to kick off our Second Timothy series uh, with a great message. So give that a listen, and I will catch up with you in a couple minutes. Amen. Yeah. You guys just give a shout for Jesus one more time. You shout it out. Yeah. God is so good, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. Go ahead and have a seat, uh, but keep that energy going. I'm excited about worshiping God at the end and, and how we're going to be challenged by the Word of God. Man, it is, it is so good to be with you. My name is Nathan, and um, maybe this is your first time here. Uh, I'm one of the pastors. Maybe you're checking us out on, online for the first time. Maybe you're in the room for the first time after checking us out online. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. There's a Connect card that's near you on the seats and as well in the chat. I'd love for you to fill that out. That helps us understand who you are and what's going on in your life, but as well as partner with you in what God is doing. We're starting a brand new series today, and um, the series is on 2 Timothy. And we do this in the summers, and we've, we've learned how powerful this time is to spend our summers in the book of, of the Bible. Specifically, this year will be 2 Timothy. Why do we do this? We do this because we want to increase our biblical literacy. I want to share with you some stats that have recently come out about how we spend time in the Word of God. Right now, only 10% of Americans read or engage their Bible every day. 10%. That's not a lot. Okay. Last year, only 50% of Americans say they read their Bible three or four times a year. But now it's gotten worse. This year, it dropped 11% to only 39%. The sharpest decline year to year since the beginning of when they recorded this. So 39% of Americans read their Bible three to four times a year. The number gets harder when we start looking into it, but, but the reality is our time spent in the Word of God when the resources, the, the free resources, the translations, the videos, the content has never been better and has never been more easily available, we read it less and less. It's time for us to become more biblically literate. I mean, is it any wonder that we struggle to live like Jesus when we barely spend time in his word? Is it any wonder that it's hard to love like Jesus when we don't read his love letter to us? Is it any wonder that we feel powerless at times to overcome the obstacles in our world if we're not in his word? Is it any wonder that we struggle to forgive, that we struggle to feel joy, 
So it's time to reclaim that. I'm going to be challenging you to read the Word of God. We have a small group right now who, ahead of time, has been given all of the passages we're going to go over week to week, and they're going to study the Word of God over the summer uh, together with us. I encourage you to be in 2 Timothy. In fact, if you have a Bible with you, I'd love for you to pull it out or pull out your phone right now. We're going to dive right into 2 Timothy 1. And I, if you don't have a Bible, um, I'd love to give you one. They're going to be at the Welcome Center on the way out. You can grab one, but it'll be on the screen for us in the room. I want to encourage you to put the Word of God inside of you by reading it and, and, and by really dwelling on it. My hope here today is to help it come alive to you as you understand what Paul is saying to Timothy. This is a pastoral letter, which means Paul, who has helped plant these churches, has a disciple named Timothy, and he's writing a letter to him. It's a letter, though, that was read in front of everybody. So that's a little bit different, right? Imagine if every text message you sent to your friend was read to, like, everyone. That'd be weird, right? We don't really have that. The best we have is something like a funeral. Well, at a funeral, people will give a eulogy and talk about that person, but they're, they're gone, right? It's to everybody else. Imagine being Timothy in a church, and he's, Paul is like this guy who's incredible, and you're reading this letter to you, to everyone. That's kind of the vibe of what's happening here. So everything that Paul is doing, he's speaking to Timothy, but he knows that he's speaking to the audience. And what you can do in this moment is you can be that person. You can be the person listening to what Paul is saying to Timothy and applying it to where you're at. In fact, there's so much that applies in what we're going through as a country and as a community. So I want to dive right in. It'll be on the screen. Let's start reading. 2 Timothy 1, 1 through 2. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. This promise of life in Christ is ours. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. You can see like, hey, this is a formal letter. But in some ways, he's already saying, hey, this is all because of Jesus. And Timothy, I love you. In fact, he goes on in verse 3 to say, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day. I constantly remember you, Timothy, in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. This is discipleship. See, what's inferred and what's happening is that Timothy and Paul, they used to be together. They used to be in this place where he was able to pour into him. So much so that when Paul had to leave, which, by the way, he had to leave and possibly get jailed, probably, and eventually gets killed, Timothy is moved to tears. He is grieving the loss of Paul. You know, in our world today, we can contact people all the time. Like, the likelihood that he received more than maybe five, six, seven letters from Paul is, is small, and that we get to see one of them is important. But what I point out is like all our Christian journey is about this discipleship connection, this chance of pouring in to one another. Let's continue to move on. Verse 5, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. A, a, a quick thing, but one thing I want to point out, there's a legacy here. Timothy is part of a legacy of faith and perseverance. Grandparents. Are, you have a chance to leave a legacy. 
You know, so much of, of the people who follow Jesus today, they say they do because they had a grandparent who instilled the faith in them. Well, grandparents, you are leaving a legacy. I encourage you in that. Yeah, you can clap for grandparents. They're the best. Second Timothy 1.6. And here's where I want to focus most of our time on today is these next verses. Because of the faith, because I love you, because I care for you, for this reason, I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. I want to leave this passage up for just a moment. Leave that there for a second. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. God has given each of us, when we follow him, this gift of the Holy Spirit. There are spiritual gifts. There are things inside of us, and there's a flame. That's why we want you to bear the torch, right? There's a flame inside of you. But he's saying to Timothy, don't get tired. Don't get weary in doing good. But instead, work to fan that flame that the Holy Spirit has put inside of you. Help it grow and billow up. The word of God is like that. It's like the fuel for the fire of the Holy Spirit. When we put in scripture, when we dwell on the word of God, when we memorize the word of God, it becomes the fuel that the Holy Spirit uses to remind you of truth and to transform you. Not only that, our job is to be like the bellows in a smithy where we're supposed to pump oxygen into this fire so that it roils up, so that it gets white hot. When it gets white hot, then amazing things can happen. When you do this, when you do this, you become like that metal inside of a smithy. You turn white hot and you become malleable, meaning that God can work on you and transform you and change you. But when you're cold, when you're cold, you're brittle. And if God starts to work on you, you're going to break apart. But in this billows of the Holy Spirit, in the fire, you become something that can be shaped into what the master designer, the artist, always intended you to be. And so we have to fan into flame this gift. And so I hope today that you feel this excitement, that God wants to take something inside of you and and make it bigger. It allows you to raise the temperature of what God wants to do in and through you. I'm going to throw uh, 2 Timothy 1.6 back up for just a second here. I want to point out something. We have an incredible designer who uh, puts logos up uh, for us. So first, second to there. Uh, yep, there we go. If you look on the side, there's a logo. And over 2 Timothy, over the uh, course of the summer, that logo is going to change every couple of, uh, every month or so. And what you're going to see is it's a torch. And what's going to happen is as we move on, that flame gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it will for you too. The passion of what God wants to do in you will grow if you read the word of God, if you put yourself in that place to be transformed and to be malleable and to change. Now, I want to ask you a question. Is there something in your life that's just stubborn and won't change and you want it to change? I'd ask you, perhaps it's not changing because you are not malleable. You are not in the word of God. And that God is waiting for you to position yourself in the place where the Holy Spirit transforms you. I want to talk about this phrase, laying on of hands. It's a tradition of laying hands on someone and passing and commissioning them forward. This happened to Timothy from Paul. We have in some of the church this succession from Paul all the way down to today. It's a beautiful moment of saying, hey, we are passing on what God has given to us. It's a special moment. 
And uh, I got to experience one of those moments recently. Recently, uh, I graduated. It was May 21st, so a couple weeks ago, I graduated with my doctorate in leadership and preaching. I, thank, thank you. <laughs> uh, what you see here is the moment, uh, if you want to go back a little bit, there, the moment where I was able to um, receive a hood, which is part of the formal process, and to be anointed with oil. This is a commissioning experience. And the, this experience for me, it, it reignited inside of me the heart for ministry of what God wanted to do. But then we heard an address from the president, uh, President Tennant, who was also seen in those pictures, and he spoke to us, and it was 34 of us, doctors of the church now, uh, we just got hooded, and he commissioned us. And I want to read uh, a portion of what he said, um, because as he started to read this to me, I, I kind of like lost it. Like it was such a powerful moment. But I want to read what he has said. It'll be on the screen, but you can just listen if it's too much uh, to read through. He's speaking to us and he says, we have been pushed to the point that we find ourselves at every turn effectively asking the question, what is the least one has to do to become a Christian? That impulse must be opposed at every turn. We must resist Christian minimalism. We must resist those who want to boil the entire glorious gospel down to a single phrase, a simple emotive transaction, or some silly slogan. It is time for you, a new generation of Christians, doctors of the church, to envision a more robust apostolic faith and to declare this minimalistic, reductionistic Christianity a failed project. Now listen to this next line. This gave me goosebumps. It is wrong to try to get as many people as possible to acknowledge as superficially as allowable a gospel that which is theologically unsustainable. We need to be reminded of the words of Soren Kierkegaard and his attack upon Christendom, the, the letter book he wrote which declared Christianity is the profoundest wound that can be inflicted upon us, calculated on the most dreadful scale to collide with everything. He could have took the moment with all these people who are excited, who just got hooded, that are feeling all kinds of emotions, to say, okay, this, these are now the potential donors to the ministry here at Asbury. He could have talked about what a great community we had and all that. No, instead, he took that moment to commission us and to fan into flame the reminder of the cost of discipleship, to remind us of what it takes to be disciplined, to go after it. But he said something, I don't know if you caught, to declare this minimalistic, reductionistic Christianity a failed project. What did he mean by that? What he meant is that the way we've been doing ministry in America is one that absolutely crumbled during the political, racial, and COVID pandemics that ripped through our world and our country. It built up a facade of faith that when the winds of turmoil blew, fell over and revealed not much of anything behind it. As a result, individuals were devastated. They were not able to overcome and grieving and, and mourning. But as a result... Individuals abandoned the body of Jesus Christ, which is abandoning the faith. 
There is no individual Jesus and me gospel. That's not found in the word of God. But we have lost our understanding of the word of God and we have abandoned the bride of Christ. We have left and there are reasons that people have left that are hard and painful and difficult. But there's no individual Jesus and me gospel. It's like a mouth detached from the body saying, I don't need the body, which is ironic because it can't even speak without lungs. It's like it eats, but it benefits no one. That is what it's like to separate yourself. And we talked about this. One, one pastor had a, a parishioner who hadn't been to church in months and months and months and months, and he can't, went and, and, and visited him. And they were sitting by an open fire, and it had some coals in it. And he walked over, and he took the, the poker. He didn't say a word, and just moved one of the red-hot embers out onto the stone and just sat there, and they didn't talk. And slowly, the ember died. It slowly, it became quiet and cold. And he simply picked up the ember, looked at him, and put it back in the fire and left. That parishioner came to church the next day. This is who we are. We fan into flame what God is doing inside of each of us. Attendance right now is only, at best, 60%, but most often 36% of what it was pre-COVID. Let me flip those numbers and help you understand that that means that 64% to 40% of us abandoned the church. Is that not a failed project? Is that not a failing grade? That's hard to hear, and it's difficult. But even more so, a recent survey came out that 38% of pastors today are considering leaving full-time ministry completely. This is a failed project. And discipleship and fanning into flame and the time together is what God wants to do. So I bring this to you today because Paul is talking about failed projects. He's saying to Timothy, hold fast because there's these other groups of people who are doing stuff and they're out there and they're messing things up, but you hold fast and you fan into flame. And he begins to get them fired up. And I want you to be fired up because there's work to do. And the facades may have fallen and people may have abandoned, but they're going to need people to come into their lives and bring the light of Christ and pick them up when they've fallen down and show them the path forward. And that is you. It's not me. It's you. Second Timothy 1.7, for this reason, he says to him to encourage him this, one that you may have heard, a verse you may have understood before. It says, for the Spirit of God does not make us timid but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. This is the word of God. This is for us. Timid, what does that mean? Word we don't use very often, but it means showing a lack of courage or confidence or easily frightened. And my goodness, does that like, you know, explain most of our conversations with people we don't know when we start talking about politics? Well, some of us get aggressive, but some of us we just kind of like retreat. But God didn't give us a spirit of timidity. That one is maybe something you have heard. But I see that in us. There are those of us that we have talked to constantly of saying like, hey, don't be so aggressive on Facebook and try to be kind. And, and, but the majority of those people, they're, they're loud. But I think a lot of us are quiet. And instead of engaging, we feel scared to engage, frightened. We don't want to offend. And rightly so, we don't want to create problems because it's such a toxic conversation. It's such a toxic world that you feel like if you engage at all, something bad is going to happen. And often, 
honestly, it does. But that is not what the Holy Spirit is doing inside of us. He's fanning a flame inside of us to speak the truth in love, to speak in grace, to profess our faith with boldness. You see, it's easy for us to raise our hands and say, what a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, our King. And then to get up and clap and say, give it up for Jesus and walk out of these walls and be silent. Because we are timid. But that is not the gift that God gave you. He gave you one of power and love. And that is what I want you to feel today. I want you to engage I want you to fan into flame the gift that God is giving you in this moment. We need to carry the words of life and speak them in love. I want to talk to students for just a moment because some of the studies we're reading right now are showing that students, you are actually reading the word of God more than the older people are. It's not a great number, but it's more. You are engaging in ways And I want to read to you from 1 Timothy 4.12. This is the first letter that we have. We're in the second letter, but I want to read this. It says this, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Students, you're doing some great things. Help us learn how to have a faith that can overcome. Students, you have seen the facade. You have seen it fall apart in your parents and in other people. You are part of a generation that I think has feeling the most unsafe because of the world you are living. But because of your faith, because of what you do, because that you get in the word of God and become disciplined, God will use you as an example to us of what fire looks like, of what flame looks like. And you will help us be the people we need to be as a family of believers. It says this of power, love, and self-discipline. I want to talk about power. Holy Spirit conviction. Do you know that the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in you if you know Jesus Christ? If you don't know Jesus Christ, that Spirit's working on you so that you would know him. This power is greater. And Jesus said we would do even greater things than that. So why are we afraid? Why are we so terrified when God is inside of us and he's moving inside of us and he's helping overcome? We are overcome by the blood of the lamb and the strength of our testimony. And part of reclaiming your identity in Jesus is understanding that the Holy Spirit is in you and it is a fire that if you fan into flame will allow you to shine a light into the world and have the boldness to overcome your fears and your worry and your anxiety and your depression to make a difference in this world. This is who you are. And anyone who tells you differently is of the liar. God has placed this in you. We need to wake up, church. We need to see what God can do through us. There's a rich tradition in in the black church primarily, but all across the world, of the idea of call and response. And as I'm learning more and more about this and experiencing it for myself, the idea of call and response is the idea that the person up on stage, he says something, and then the crowd responds with a a, a response back. And why this is important is, is because it teaches us and reminds us. It's like you joining in with the preaching. Now I'm here preaching to you about what God says and trying to get that flame going. But when you do a call and response, you're preaching to yourself. Not only that, you're preaching to the people next to you. And so it's such a crucial part for us to understand. I want to teach you how to do this. And then we're going to do this for the rest of this message. 
there's this wonderful um, song that I've been listening to. It's called, Won't He Do It? The idea, won't he do it? And then the response back is, he said he would. He said he would. It's this idea of like, hey, I'm, I'm afraid. There's things in front of me, but won't he do it? And then the response is, he said he would. So we're going to do that together, and I want you to, uh, to practice with me. Now, if you're used to this, go after it. If you're not used to this, try it, right? If you're used to this, you can talk back to me anytime you want. You can be like, okay, all right, preacher, preach, you know, whatever you need to do. Like, I'm giving you permission right now, and I'm inviting us all to it. So I'm going to start with call, and then the response is, he said he would. Ready? Won't he do it? That's good. We'll do it again just because I enjoyed that. You guys did a really good job. Like, you don't even need the practice. Here we go. Won't he do it? That's good. So when I say that again later, you just go ahead and speak back to me. You speak back to yourself. You speak back to the people around. All right. Okay. Here we go. I feel like we just woke up. I feel like... Okay, I feel like I just broke some chains off some people. They were like, I was waiting, but this is a bunch of white people around here, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Watch yourself, Pastor. All right, here we go. Power. Love. 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 Love means putting down the stone. Love means going lower. Love means fighting for each other's good. That is what God has placed inside of us. They'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Man, I I listened to another song today, and it says this, if I can't love my neighbor like I love myself, if I won't move when my brother cries out for help, then this life I am living, what does it mean now? At best, without love, it all means nothing. At best. If I don't have love. Now God has placed this love inside of you. By what Jesus Christ has done for you. But he wants to do it through you. So what if you don't feel it? What if you don't feel the love? Well, if God's promised that he'd give it to you, won't he do it? That's right. He said he would. This is what you need. Then it says self-discipline, power, love, and self-discipline. This is the one where I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to push you a little bit. See, we need to pray. We need to read the Word. We need to be here every week. You know that those stats I talk about, church attendance? You know what they count as church attendance? Once or twice a month. That's a low bar. I have a feeling that if we say three times a month, we're going to be going real low about the amount of people who are going to church And we need to get into this discipline, to serving each other, to hearing this rhythm of grace and worship and time. You see, if you keep taking a little flame with you and then leaving for three weeks and coming back and getting a little flame, well, you'll just keep it kind of hot. But that's almost better slightly than lukewarm. Now, God is doing something inside of you, and it happens when you get into the discipline. So I'm going to challenge you on two, two specific ones. Why we're doing this series, to read the Word of God to read it, to get it in you, to start reading through it. Start in the New Testament. Start wherever you want. Probably don't start in Leviticus. That one's a rough one, but it's still good. It's still the Word of God, and he's going to do something in you if you do. Won't he do it? Even in Leviticus, he said he would. (laughs) Memorize scriptures. No, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Memorize scriptures. I am confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it through to completion. Memorize scriptures. Get them inside of you. 
for those moments where you're dying, and you get up there and you start preaching to yourself about his word. Get in the word of God. Second, I'm going to challenge you on today, is giving, investing, giving to be part of what God is doing, about generosity, about investing in what's going on. I'm calling each of you to discipline yourself, to join this church in what it is doing. If you're a partner, I want you to live up the commitment Live up to the commitment you made before God and together. Together as partners, we will do this. But, but even if you're not a partner, it's for everyone. I want you to give to God. If you're new, give to what is happening here. If you love what's going on here, don't wait. Get involved. Invest. And if you're not investing here while you still figure it out, you better be investing somewhere else. Because that is what the body of Christ does. It does not keep for itself, but it gives and it gives and it gives tell you, tipping isn't a discipline. Tithing is. Tipping is simply a step. And in fact, I wish you would tip because some of you tip your, your waiters 18, 20%. I wish you would tip. That would be amazing. I'd be a crowd. Dude, you don't even know what would happen if we did that. I don't even know what would happen if you did that. That would be something that God would do. It's a discipline though, and it's hard, but he's given you the power to do it to have this self-discipline of ordering your life around its full purpose, serving in the kingdom of God, being an active part of the body and feeding the body of Christ by what God has given you. I'm bold about this. Why? Because I believe so much in what we are doing. We're on the cusp of something incredible. Something is changing. We're doing things that other churches just aren't doing. Why? Because that's what God has given to us. It isn't about what they're not doing or what we are doing. It's about what God is doing and what he has called us to do. Won't he do it? I'm going to tell you, we're at a budget shortfall. That's just what it is. We're behind in our week-to-week giving. That's where we are. I'm not afraid. I'm not worried. But I am bold enough to call you to it. This must change. Why did we get here? Why are we that? Why? Because we sacrificed for a vision, a vision that is not quiet, timid, with power and love, and it costs something. There's a vision that we're going after, and we're paying a price for it because it's making people uncomfortable, and people are leaving because they cannot join the mission. They will not. Join the mission. Other people are leaving for other reasons as well. But this one is true. We are choosing to become disciples of Jesus Christ, to reclaim our identity in Jesus, and to bear the torch of Christ's justice and love. And it is costing us. But I'll pay that price again and again and again. I will. And so the question is thank you. Thank you. I'm not afraid because it's God's vision, it's His purpose. And I have confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see yet, that God is going to do it. Won't he do it? Oh, come on, guys. Won't he do it? What if he wants to do it through you? What if he wants to do it through you? He said he would. What if he wants to do it through you? Man, it's so easy to have affirmation from the sideline. It's a lot harder to get actively involved, isn't it? It's hard. It's difficult. But if God is doing a movement and we get to be part of it, throw everything away. That is the best thing you will ever do with your life. Amen. It's what you were designed to do. You will find passion and joy and that you can be part of what God is going to do through discipleship by sacrificial giving and by reading the word of God and by praying and by discipling one-on-one like Paul did to Timothy. You should be a part. You could be a part. You can be a part.
of what God is doing. You belong to this vision as I do. In fact, maybe more than I do. Maybe God is going to do even more through you than we could ask or imagine. What if he wants to do it through you? 2 Timothy 1.8. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. This is powerful. Do not be ashamed of me. Why? He's in jail. Later, we learn that disciples all over the place abandoned Paul. Because from the outside, a guy who keeps getting put in jail, mm, I don't know if I want to be associated with that. Externally, the metrics are wrong, aren't they? Something is not quite right. I don't like that. My friends are like, you follow that dude? He's in jail all the time. He's a Roman citizen and just kind of throws it away. What is this guy? This isn't cool. Maybe you guys need to rethink who you follow. They don't like the look. And yet, Paul doesn't go, hey, man, I know it's hard. Maybe keep low for a little bit. Hey, it's totally okay. You don't have to say my name anymore. No. Paul doubles down, and he says, join me. Join me in the suffering. Go lower. Lean in. Suffer with me. Join me in the suffering. Join me in the dirt with the vulnerable, the oppressed, the broken, Don't be timid about the faith we profess. Fan into flame what God is doing in you. Get after this incredible journey. My prayer for you is I pray that you would stop looking at external metrics of what appears to be failing and realize that those are not the measurements of what God is doing in our midst. That he is looking for bold and loving people to transform the world that will be faithful, that will stand. And I pray that you will discipline yourself in the word, that you would invest and be part of the movement of Jesus Christ in this community. Won't he do it? Come on now. Won't he do it? I believe he wants to do it through you. I want you to believe it as well. So stand up. Stand up with me. Stand up with me because now it's time to worship God. Now it's time to praise him for what he is, to believe for it, to believe that God is going to do something in you. So I'm going to read 2 Timothy 1, 9 through 12. I'm going to finish this out. And when you hear something, say something. I'll give you some prompts, but don't wait on me. If God is striking at your heart, preach to yourself. Fan into flame the gift that God has put inside of you. Don't wait for me to do it. There you go. 2 Timothy 1, 9 through 12. He has saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Won't he do it? This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through his gospel. Won't he do it? And this gospel... I was appointed a herald, an apostle, and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Now you better start worshiping God like you believe it. You better start worshiping him as true. Worship for the person next to you. Worship together. 
Hey, welcome back. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that message. I think Pastor Nathan asked such a powerful and challenging question. He asked us, what if he wants to do it through us? What if God wants to do something in this community, uh, in your life, to those around you, through you? And he challenged us to stoke the the ember, the, the fire of the Holy Spirit that is within us as believers. So I hope you see opportunities this week to do that. Um, there's a lot of ways to get involved in this church as we support you and whatever God is, is calling you to do with your life or with your time, with your money, all of that. Um, you can reach out for prayer, uh, receive prayer from uh, staff or just our church in general. Do that on, with, through a connect card or just reaching out to one of us directly. Um, you can also be a part of life groups, which we had just starting this past week. So uh, there's still time to reach out and ask questions about that to Pastor Al. But um, there's so many ways to get involved in a support system of people, of fellow believers who are also pursuing God and, and seeking to be used by him for his purpose uh, to be involved in that community. So I hope that this week you are challenged to get involved in a community where you're supported, uh, but also just to, to ask God what he's up to in your life and what he may be trying to do through you. We would love to hear stories of, of what he's doing and, and the ways in which he is answering those questions for you. So feel free to always let us know, you know, what God's up to in your life uh, via Connect Card or even just to let one of us know personally. I personally would love to hear those stories. If you, uh, you know, want to send me an email or just come up to me on a Sunday, I would love to hear what God's up to in your life. But I hope you have a blessed week full of opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We'll see you next week. Bye.